before you go, Brother Peter, I, I, I really, you know, I was just reading a message this morning early, and Brother Brown said we don't have any form. We just don't have any form, Brother Peter. And I know what God's done for you. You're my hero. You are my hero. Brother Peter first got the news. I was one of the first that he called that we would be in prayer. He's a fighter, Sister Sheila. You're a fighter. Boys, we're fighters. I don't care what the doctors say. I know what the word says. And I know if God can do it for one, he can do it for another. And God is a healer and he can do it spontaneously, miraculously, or he can do it over a period of time. And I just believe God's done something for you, Brother Peter. And it's not for you only, but it's for the church. For you to see God is on the scene, God is real, and God's alive. When Jesus comes to polish broken, when Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. Praise the Lord. Just want to have a, a short testimony. What the Lord has done for me. I'm nervous. I don't have any notes, so I'm just gonna see what I remember. What I have, I have on a picture. Uh, there's a tumor, uh, like on the which side is it? Right hand side, about four inches long. So it's uh, pressing against my skull and pressing against all the nerves on on one side. So one day I was working at work, at work, I couldn't feel my knee, so the building was, was, was spinning, and um, I just get down on my knee, I said, Lord, I'm on a state of emergency, I, I don't know what happened. Mm. So something just happened, I, I fell on the floor. The good thing is, my boss told me to, to work at VGA General Hospital, and I said, I don't want to work in a hospital. And my boss said, Peter, you have to go there. We need you there. So fair enough, I walked there right close to the emergency, about 50 yards. <laughs> when I fall down, I say my prayer, the Lord give me strength. So I walked to the emergency, and uh, they told me, you have you have some problem. I said, okay, what is it? So they say you have a, tom- a tumor. I forgot the name, paraglioma, I think that's the name. So I called Brother Tom and uh, to ask for prayer. I said, I have, I have a good news and a bad news. The good news, the bad news is I have a tumor uh, on, on, uh, on the left-hand side. The good news, we have God on our side. Amen. So um, I went through, uh, they told me that I need a surgery. So they have to take a one side of here, try to remove it, but it's dangerous because a lot of nerve 
and can cause a lot of damage. So another option was a radiation. So I do six weeks of radiation, uh, five days a week. So a total of three months I didn't work. So by the grace of God, God has given me back all my strength. And I've been working since the December. And uh, I've been full-time for the last six weeks. So I have no symptom and everything is perfect. So by God's grace. So I want to... So I just want to thank the Lord for uh, watching over me, and uh, I want to thank my family, my wife and children. Thank you, Brother Ed. He, he called me just before I went to uh, the first day at the hospital, so he told me, don't be afraid. God is not afraid of doctors. Thank you, Brother Ed and the ministry. Thank you, Brother Tom, Brother Tim, Brother John, and Brother Murphy, and those who uh, come and visit me. Thanks, Brother Matt. Amen. Brother Sam, Sam Murray, and uh, thank you so much for your prayers means a lot to us in the family, and uh, you always be uh, a special family. Hope, uh, hope that we all can be together on the other yes. side. Yes. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You know, this has been a one-two punch against the devil. Uh-huh. He tries to bring this tumor on our brother uh, Peter. And uh, he sits down. I believe, Brother Kobus, if I'm correct, there's been more done in the Fijian language than ever has been done before. And you have kept track of... (laughs) Brother Peter set himself aside and did translation and just whacked the devil as a one-two punch. And now Satan tries to come against him, but now instead of that, he, you, you, you stack up rewards. Somebody's reading the message that couldn't say it before. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't the Lord wonderful? No, it's good for our children to see this. It's good for them to see, not just preachers preaching behind a pulpit. They'll hear a lot of preachers preach. But you want to hear the word being manifested. And these are trophies that God puts within our church to let you know that he's alive and he's well. And if you have a need this morning, he can meet your need. We're not having to put it off till tomorrow because we don't know if there is a tomorrow. Today is today. If your heart is not right with God, I say, make it right this morning. Why wait? We're in the closing moments of time. It's not a time to to just flutter around and think that you're going to live your own life. This is serious. Serious time. And I just wanted to just... Make that couple of comments before I start preaching. We've returned back from Switzerland, which, of course, it's been going on the meetings. The vision and the burden and the direction of it has been through our our beloved pastor and how the God put it together with uh, Gerard and Angela Michlo. Um, Michlo? 
Yes. And now I believe the 12th year, this is the 10th year at Laison, where we've ministered with Brother Ron Spencer this year, also with Brother Jason Watkins. We had a blessed time in the Lord. We had a wonderful time. I had a great surprise having a few of our own believers there. Sister Margaret, she was there. Brother Milko was there. And I just started to introduce myself and get ready for the meeting. And where's Brother Israel? Brother Israel, why don't you stand up? He walked right through those doors in Switzerland. And I thought, what is Israel doing here? But God bless you, Brother Israel. It was wonderful to have you all with us. Brother David Meyer and Brother Daniel Cohenbrenner and his brother Jonathan. They did just a tremendous job of, you know, job is not the right word, but in arranging the meeting so people from all over Europe could come. Uh, I would like to report back the same Holy Spirit that's been there for the last 11 years is still there this year, and lives were changed and won, and uh, hearts sparked by the Holy Spirit, dealt with immensely. Brother Ron Spencer, as we love him dearly, Gave us all and all out to the people. Brother Jason Watkins, I'm so proud of him. His last service was was wonderful. I just would like you to know that. And uh, it was it was a, a, a wonderful combination. So I bring you greetings from all over Europe. I think that covers everybody. You know the whole the whole from England all the way over to over. So God bless you. They missed you, Brother Glenn. They wondered what you were doing, but I told them that your son was engaged, so they, they thought that was a traumatic experience, so they thought you were, they let you off the hook. I said the other night we've had some tremendous uh, reports. We've had Brother Fred from Uganda here, who Brother Tim has been working with, with Bible believers, and it was a wonderful time to have him. Uh, he blessed us all. We will remember him continually. Um, but these things don't happen by chance. And it's, and it's happened with vision. And it's happened with, with direction of the Holy Spirit. And we want to thank God for, for, um, Brother Fred and the report that's going out. I am surprised to hear so many churches, even in the message, do not realize what God is doing overseas. That's a disgrace. There should be an interest, not of your own local church, but what the God's doing in the bride around the world. And I would think that if somebody told me that 30,000 people were receiving Christ and being baptized, that it should do something for a church to say, what can we do to get behind it? But that's the kind of vision that we have sat under. I've had the privilege since 1975. To assist a man of God that's had a vision to see this message go out, whether it be in tape format, whether it be on radio broadcast, whether it be in printed material in India for over 30 years. And thus then the radio in Uganda with visions or with uh, uh, other brothers wanting to see that the message go out into a lot of people can't read, so they can, but they can hear. And, uh, I think it's a wonderful wonderful move of the Holy Spirit. 
and you've been privileged, and Tim has been privileged, and I have been privileged, Brother John has been privileged to be able to work along men that have vision. And, 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 and Brother Tim, you said it wisely and, and correctly. It's done through your sacrificial giving. And as Brother Ed mentioned about Brother Peter, translating the Fijian language, souls that will be won from the Word of God that is being ministered will be added to their crown. And Brother Bram said in one place, he said, we don't, we don't emphasize rewards enough. I'm sorry, friends, if you get offended. That, well, I don't want any reward. Well, throw it over my way. I'll take everything. But there are rewards that people that have sacrificed and given for the word of God to go around the world. And so not only God bless the 30,000 or whatever the number be, and we're not looking to numbers, but I want to say God bless you for your constant support, constant giving and vision for this word to go out and around the world. So God bless you and thank you. As I ended when Brother Fred sat down, when I was in Switzerland, for those that weren't here on that evening, a brother from Botswana came up to me, and he greeted me warmly, and a bigger man than I am, hugged me dearly, and squished me. (laughs) In love, of course. And uh, said, would you please pass along these greetings to your pastor, Brother Ed Biscoll. I said, I indeed will do that. He said, you tell Brother Biscoll that I got saved from the radio broadcasts that were done in the late 70s over in Africa, and I'm still saved today, my family saved, and to God be the glory. And so when we hear of these ones, we don't know about the 30,000, but I sure do know one thing. The elected seed gene of God will never be lost. And that's what we're out to do, saints. It's not the numbers. It's not the quantity. It's the quality. And you can be sure that the gospel will find, will find his elected seed. Just remember, and I'm not a football fan. I am not a football fan. So I don't know if the draft is out or I don't know what everybody talks about. And everybody's now bidding in for their players. But I know one thing. There's 11 men that play on a team. 11 men play on a team. There's one quarterback. There's a backup quarterback. But there's one quarterback that's going to be playing and calling the the plays. Without the quarterback, there's no team. But there's no team also without the running backs or the wide receivers. Or the tight ends. It takes every one of those 11 men. And I thought, how appropriate 11, because Judas left anyways. But 11 men on the field, and it takes every single one of them to succeed to win the game. Everyone has to do their part. We might have a pastor that's a quarterback, but he's got men and women all around him. That's going to see this gospel to its final end. 
And Brother Darren Hoffman, we want to give recognition to you this morning, putting up now that they can live stream the Chinese, I'm sorry, archive, live uh, archive Chinese, French, and Spanish every service. God bless you, Brother Darren, and thank you. What a wonderful family we have. What a wonderful family we have. I want you to look around the room and think, what would we do without that person beside us? I was born into a family, and each one of them in particular were special to us as we grew up. And you are special to us as we see this body grow up. And this morning we want to give you the greetings and love from all that were here. I enjoyed Brother Jason DeMars. I got more comments from the youngest of our people. They're teenagers. And I, that, that, don't discredit, that doesn't discredit the gospel. When the, when the word can minister to the saints, that's everything. That means everything to me. And we see a wonderful man such as Jason DeMars and, and what he's doing for the gospel. I think it's a wonderful thing that we can be a part of that. And we send him away with all the blessings possible. Well, without any further delay, I'm sorry that we've taken this long. I don't have a watch. I don't know where I put it. I looked all around the house. So I did bring my phone, hoping that the battery doesn't run out. We're at 11.33, so let's stand. Ah... First Samuel chapter 14, maybe a little applicable to the, uh, to what has been done already through the meetings. Brother Michael handed me a note before coming out. Of course, we're remembering the weekend that Brother Aaron McGarry will be here. It'll be our pre-family camp. Uh, it'll be winter camp between family camp, first, or did I get it? First Samuel 14, verse 1. And so uh, we're planning that weekend, and as Brother Biscoll asked us, he said, would you get the listen to the archives of Brother Aaron McGarry of, Fe- of February, and then uh, maybe with your children, maybe not with your children, but everybody just rehearse those meetings over again. Brother Aaron is going to speak Friday night, Saturday night, and one service on Sunday. It's a long weekend. On the Saturday, there will be a, a family picnic, weather permitting, uh, it's at Surrey Bend Park. All the notice will be in the back bulletin board in the foyer. Or I'm sorry, in, by the office. It's on 104th Street in Surrey, 177775. Uh, I think you can remember that address. And that's weather permitting. All families are invited. Bring your own food, and we'll just have a wonderful time. So those are preliminary announcements. Done. First Samuel chapter 14. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. Go down to verse 4. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistine garrison... There was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock 
on the other side. And the name of the one was Bazez, and the name of the other, Sina. The forefront of the one situated northward, over against Mishmash, and the other uh, southward over against Gilbah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. That's a pretty good revelation. Now we go into a person, I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to give him the bear hug I received in Switzerland. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all this that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. And that's what I'd like to title this little message this morning. I am with thee according to thy heart. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Follow along in verse 8. It goes on to say, Then Jonathan, behold, he will pass over unto these men and We'll discover ourselves unto them, and if they say unto us, tarry until we come to you, then we shall stand still in our place, and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, come unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hands, and this shall be a sign to us. And everybody said... Amen. Well, there's a little background. We can take a look at this here. Jonathan is doing something that he's doing by his inspiration. It's his inspiration. Didn't tell nobody. Didn't tell his daddy. Didn't tell nobody. Says, we're going to do it. And guess what? TJ, you're coming with me. Come on. Come here. Now. I admire these young men because I used to know them when they're that high. Now, look at them, taller than me. <laughs> hey, guess what, TJ? You and I are going to go battle 600 Philistines. <laughs> and you don't get any weapons. You get to hold my shield and my spear. And I have my sword. And so here's my armor bearer who's not skilled. In any defense whatsoever. But you know what he's doing? He's believing in me. That's pretty good, TJ. You're a good man. God bless you. (laughs) Now, that takes some real... What's a vernacular that's correct that I can say over the pulpit? That, That takes real faith. That takes real nerve. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be an armor bearer no more. They hold a special place because an armor bearer is one that was chosen by a king. 
Now that's a pretty, that's a place of honor. It's a place of honor to be able to hold the armor of a warrior. So if the warrior goes down, guess who goes down with him? Don't look at me so sweetly. Look at me a little sad now. Because if he goes down, the armor bearer, I'm sorry, Luis, if you're my armor bearer and I get, guess what? You do too. So you have to have faith in the person that's standing with you and fight the good fight of faith. Not to be a discouragement. Not to be a discouragement. But to be an encouragement. That there are men that God is using. To fight the good fight of faith. And that's a good thing saints. Not everybody can be Jonathan. Not everybody can be David. But we all have a part that we can play. And it's a very important part. Because without the armor bearer, Jonathan doesn't have armor. So everything works to the good. Is that right? Everything works to the good. Can you turn with me to Daniel chapter 12? Daniel chapter 12. Say, Brother Tom, there's going to be a lot of things that you hear this morning that we've heard before. Right. I think there's this statistic, Brother Michael, there's a, there's a statistic that if you got if you can hear it about 12 times or so, just 20% actually sticks in. If you put it up on the board and you show a, a diagram, actually it, it doubles that, I believe. But it's good to rehearse some of these things. But there comes a time when we have to fight. There comes a time now. Church of the living God. It's a time to fight. It's a time to fight for your children. It's a time to fight for your homes. It's a time to fight for your church. It's a time to fight for the word. It's a time to fight. We have maybe slackened off a little too much. White is white. Black is black. Truth is truth. False is false. We are living in a pale age where everything is blending over. And you can hardly tell what's right and what's wrong. I'll tell you what's right. The word of God is right. The message is right. And everything else is wrong. Now, that might be strong for some, but that's nevertheless the truth. The word is the word. Daniel 12, verse 1. Brother Branham rehearses this in the message, Greatest Battle Ever Fought. And he takes Daniel 12 and 1, and he says, And at the time, at that time, shall Michael... Stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a time. Since there was a nation, even to that same time. 
And at that time, at thy, that time, thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. Now you have to ask yourself the question, am I in the book of redemption? And I have to say, I am one of them. And I, I would like you to say that maybe throughout the service and maybe at an irrelevant time to most. But you can cry out, I'm one of them. There's not many, but I'm one of them. I don't care if you're an armor bearer. You can say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. We're going to fight this fight together. And God has equipped us. I think this is a little bit bright up here. A little bit uh, loud. but He's given us a message to fight. Brother Brandon makes reference to Matthew 24, 24. There shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders and so much that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. That's a battle. That is a fight. And the fight, saints of God, and many battles have been raged throughout time. But this fight is for your soul. Does everybody understand that? You say, well, I, I, I grew up in this message church over here, and I grew up in that message church over there. Yeah, you might have grown up a certain way, but there's time comes a time when individually you have to actually come to your position and know who you are individually to fight your fight. So we know it's going to be a great battle. And so I just typed up. I just said, what is the greatest battle? What was the largest battle? What was the most costliest battle ever fought known to man? Shocked you. Shocked me. I didn't realize what it was. The most costliest war, we know, was World War II. But the most costliest battle in that war was the battle for Stalingrad. Maybe you remember that, Brother Hugh. The Germans against the Russians. And you say, well, that didn't have any effect on us. Sure, it has an effect on us. War's war. It's, it's terrible. It's costly. Lives are changed. People lose family, members. It was the most costliest war of life, or battle, I should say, of ever uh, on, on earth. Costliest war of life, they said, was the Battle of Stalingrad. 1.8 to 2 million people were killed at that battle. That, that's, that's a fair bit of, that's all of Vancouver and greater Vancouver wiped out. One battle in the overall war. 
I give you these statistics because it, it helps you maybe appreciate what we will follow through on this little message this morning. But do you know each year, each year, $1.7 trillion are spent on armament? $1.7 trillion. A third of that, a third, and of course we're going to have our fact checkers, they can check it out. If Wikipedia is wrong, then it's all wrong, okay? A third of that $1.7 trillion spent on armament is spent in the United States of America. That's a lot of money. That's three times what China spends a year. Does it give you 335 million for America to 1.6 billion for China? You start to see. If humanity, nations, and there'll be wars and there'll be rumors of wars, such as never been on the face of the earth, a time of trouble that never has been ever. Time of trouble. And man is preparing at best an armament that is needed. It's not just to say, well, we have that, but it's there to protect the people. And they do that yearly. Shouldn't God then in his great wisdom give us what is needed when we come down to the final battle and I want you to know the outcome we win they might have the armament they might have the bombs, the tanks the the planes, the ammunition guns that shoot around corners crazy thoughts but so be it they do it We're in Satan's Eden, and he's out to destroy. But Jesus, in his great wisdom, knew what this bride needed to fight in this most wicked time. A message that has the power and the authority to fight the greatest battle ever fought... And that is in your mind. Because if Satan can get your mind, he's got you right now. So now we've gone over some statistics. We went over an example of they fought wars in the Old Testament. And we've gone through years and thousands of years of war to date. We see the cost of it. But now Brother Bram says this. The greatest battle ever fought is going on right now. Okay, now listen now, saints. That might have been preached in 1962. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now, let's not put it past tense. Let's put it right now this morning. The greatest battle, battle ever fought is going on Right now, in here, yes sir, between life 
and death, between sickness and health, between faith and doubt. Oh my, between liberty and bondage. The battle is on. Now who's going to stand with the armor bearer? Come on. I'm one of them. Do what's ever in your heart, Jonathan. I'm with you. You know, I don't want to say whatever's in your heart, William Branham. I'm with you. Why? Because Jonathan knew the God of Israel was with him. I know that the God of William Branham is with us. I'm not interested in tradition, your understanding of the message. All I know, i got to fight daily. And I've got to have a word that helps me win daily. Listen, I know you brothers have jobs that mess your minds up. And don't sit here and pretend such innocence. You work in jobs that will blow other people's minds out. And that is Satan. In Satan's Eden created that job to blow your mind out. But he sent a message. To blow the slews out. So that you could take the word in. And let it drop down into your soul. And say Satan that may fry them. But it does not fry me. One of them. You can say it anytime you want, Brother Derek. One of them. I know exactly what you mean. You don't have to say amen this morning. You say, I'm one of them, Victor. He can fry people's minds. Jobs are frying people's heads. Technology is out to just scramble your brains. It is there to scramble your brain. And so it's like you can't understand. You can't take it all in. And you come home frustrated and you come home mad and you come home upset. That's the devil. But if you want to get your mind washed, you take the word of God. Deny Satan. Say God sent a message for this battle's on. Do all that's in your heart, Jonathan. I'm with you. I might not have a spear. I might not have nothing. But I got you. Amen. And I can say I'm one of them. The battle's on. I'm one of them. I'm not running from the battle of Israel. God bless you. Had a week holiday and did a whole week of work here at the school. I said, God bless you, Israel. That's eternal. That's an armor bearer. That is somebody that's doing something for the body. Hey, listen. How old are you, Israel? 22. I love that age. It's a great age. I wish I was 22 again. A lot of other things a man could do at 22. But God bless you for putting that in your heart. God sees everything you do. Amen. And he will reward you. You can be assured. And don't, don't, hey, I'm not looking for the money. 
As I said years ago, a brother said to me, we preached on tithes years ago, way back into the log church. Preached on tithes. He said, I gotta give tithes. I said, why do you gotta give tithes? So I can get money. I go, really? Really? Is that your motive? I said, I've never done that in my life. He said, you don't give tithes? I said, no, I give, I give tithes. I said, but you know what? God will give me a wife that loves me. Give me children when I can't have children. God pours it out in many different areas, saints. All I want to say is I'm one of them. One of them that will stand in this great battle of life. People say, I can't pay tithes. Uh, You can't afford not to pay tithes. People say, well, I I got too much month at the end of the check. What else is new? What else is new? Huh? But my God that had that little cruiser barrel for that little widow woman that stepped on the scene and said, bake me a cake. And that cruise of oil never ran out. Is the same God that came into my life and said to me, give all you got. I'll pour it back in ways you can't even think of. And now I stand back 40 some odd years and marvel at the goodness of God. I walk around my, my, my little place. I say, God, how did I get this? How did I get all this? And a scripture comes to mind, unless you forsake mother, father, sister, brother, you're not worthy of me. But if you do, I'll give you mother, father, sister, brother, and a hundredfold. God's a debtor to no man, but with persecution. And I can say, yep, I got it, but it comes with persecution. Just praise God. I'm one of them. One of them. I am not sad. I am not disappointed. I don't understand how a believer could ever be despondent. Depressed. Come on. Come on. Come on, people. There's got to be people here that aren't depressed. Where are they? Where are they? Stand up. Do something. Show somebody else. I'm not depressed. I'm not disappointed. No, sir. I'm in a battle. Hallelujah. God bless you. That is there to show other people that do get depressed. They don't need to be depressed. And some of you should have stood that didn't stand. Don't worry, I'm watching you. I was told when I was preaching over in Switzerland, you're a preacher that watches the people. I said, yeah, well, man, if I don't get a response, I'm doing something wrong. But saints of God, we have to realize that this is a, a battle of life and death. Life and death. If you don't have your children with you, saints of God, that's life and death. How on earth could heaven be heaven without your children? Can you tell me that? Somebody give me an answer. Because I haven't got that answer. So then, if it's life and death, I say go fight for them. Go do whatever you got to do. One time my pastor told me, mortgage your house. Do something. Take your children on holiday. Do something. Listen, I listened to what told me. 
I listen to what's told me. I got many people that come into my office. Give them, pour out your heart. Do what you want. Your insides are all turned over. Wondering, God, what can I say to help them? And they don't, they do the opposite. Do the opposite. And they get their results. Not saying that we have all the answers. God forbid. But Lord helps us most of the time. But let me tell you something, saints. I listened to a man, a man of God. I did what I did, had to do. Because I was going to win the very children God gave me. You gotta go after them. You gotta do something. Jonathan, when he saw those, there was a post. He had to climb. There's a, there's two mountains he chose to go over. He could go either to the right, to the left. One was a shiny, slicky, slimy mountain. And the other was thorny. And then when I, when I got the definition of that thorny, I said, oh, then the song of course comes, though the way may be thorny, I will praise the Lord. I'm one of them. Climb that mountain, man. I'm going to kill that devil. Because you don't kill that devil, that devil's going to kill you. It's one or the other. That's what you got to determine this morning. That thing that's on you or after you or plaguing you. You got greater as he, as your pastor prayed this morning. The greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Oh, my. It's a battle between life and death. He said, now polish up your armor. Polish up the word. Because the word's made flesh. Polish it up. Your word says, Lord, ask anything in your name believing. That's your, I'm polishing that up. Man, I've been fighting the devil all weekend. Trying to give me a kidney stone. Him and I battled all night. One night. Two nights. All the way down to this morning. And I just laid in, I laid in bed. I said, you're the Lord God that healed all thy diseases. You're the Lord God. I said, ask anything in your name believing, you shall have what you have. I can't have it interfere with what God you put on my heart. We have to fight. And maybe I had to go through that kind of a weekend for a message such as this. But I'm one of them. One of them. Polish up the word. Get in the message. See what the Bible says about you. Says what what it says in greatest battle ever fought. He said, here you are. This is the battle day. This is the battle day. Satan will come. Follow after you. Listen, saints. What is this message for? Your protection. It's your protection. It's not just taking a, a book off the shelf. It's your protection. He's trying to tell you, Mark, the devil's going to follow you tomorrow. So when you get up in the morning, say, okay, devil, it looks like it's between you and me. And I've already been told by the Bible, you're the loser. I'm the winner. Get under my feet. You got to start talking. Believing who you are. Yes, sir. Satan will follow you along like that great, big, knightly, priestly Goliath. That puts it in another light. Huh? 
trying to scare the liver out of you. I thought that was, that's very descriptive. The devil's trying to scare the liver out of you. Huh? Right. But God has fortified you with the gospel, the word of truth. Amen. It's either the truth or leave. Go, go polish your car like the guy did down the, down the road. If this isn't it, just go. It's got to be somewhere, but I'm telling you, this is it. I proved it so. Sure, God's given you the word to fortify yourself. The word of truth around your loins. Glory. Satan. Now here it is in 1962 and I've got quote after quote now. Satan. I'm coming after you. That's a, that's a turnaround. Normally it's the devil running after you. You just go run back after the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is only for fighters, friends. One of them. It's not for the guys that don't want, hey, come on, listen, we've gone through our Gideonship here. Huh? We've gone through it. Are you afraid? Go home. If you're afraid, just go home. Huh? If you drink wrong, go home. But if you drink right, I'm going to war. And Gideon's men were given a picture, a lamb, and a trumpet. Huh? Seemed like that was real good armament, Hannah. Yeah. Yahoo, we're going to defeat 130 some odd thousand devils with a trumpet. Blow it. Blow it. Let the light shine. Let this vessel crumble. And let the glory of God be seen in your vessel. This word wins. Brother Deepak, this word wins. This word wins. Ashish, this word wins. Put that on your lips. This word wins. I don't care what the devil tells your mind. Amen. Listen, there was a lot of people didn't think that Tom Ray would get saved. There was a lot of people that looked at Tom Ray and said, that guy will never get saved. But guess what? Here I am. You might as well tell the devil, you don't think I'm going to stand and say I'm one of them? I'm going to let you know this morning. Here I am. I'm one of the fighters. I'm one of the word. Hallelujah. I'll climb up a rough mountain. I'll follow Jonathan. Hallelujah. Can you believe the amount of faith that armor bearer must have had? Think about it, Ryan. Everybody loves her. Oh no, here's a fellow here that loves his guns. <laughs> loves your pistols. <laughs> Got your rifles out. Ah, they didn't have guns and rifles. No, sir. They had the word. They had the what? Word. 
They had the promise. But they had to step out into the promise. Come on. They didn't have a message that tells them this. This was inspiration. This was inspiration. I believe the radio was inspiration. I believe the hub was inspiration. Amen. It's driven away a lot of devils. That's inspiration. Listen, saints, we got to bring it down to where we live. Or it's just another story. It's just another hour we put in. You might as well just stand in or in your heart. Lift your heart up high. Let the banner wave. I'll let the colors fly. I'm one of them. I'm in this battle. The battle is on. It's the most troubled time. We're not running from it. We're running to it. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Bram says, when you get the battle set in array, the devil's sitting right to every heart. This morning, he's sitting at the little girl's heart. Oh, now we're bringing it. Now, would the prophet, would the prophet know where the little girl's heart's hidden back there? He knows every heart. He sees every heart. With the battles in array and the devil sitting at every heart. He's sitting at every heart. He's sitting at your heart. Come on, everybody look at me now because I'm not finished yet. He's sitting at your heart. He's sitting at your heart and he's sitting all around here. And he's trying to stop you from believing what's being said. Some of you are traveling at school tomorrow already. Or what was work got planned for me tomorrow? You're in another world other than heavenly places right here. But I'd rather be in heavenly places. Because Satan, he wants to get you away from that. Because he knows if you will hear it, he's defeated. Come on. Faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. If your mind is in some other place, you're not going to receive anything this morning. So he said, Satan is sitting at your heart. Say, oh, I've heard him that say that before. I've heard him say that before. I heard that before. Cast him out. Come on. Come on, church, help me on this one. Cast him out. How about church, all of us saying, cast him out. Put substance to your face. Say, Satan, do not boggle my mind. I rebuke you and cast you out. Come on. That's what this whole Bible is about now. It's putting on flesh, saints. Putting on flesh. Not on a Sunday morning service. But putting it in flesh. Your flesh. Cast him out. Oh my. You know, I'm only on right here. We got 11 pages. You know we're in trouble too. But now look at this. He says... Casting him out. Okay? Why? 
We've been trained. The only time you're ready for battle are men that have been what? Trained. Trained. They just don't give a guy a rifle and a helmet and say, go on and fight it. You're in a regiment. You got to do parade. You got to do all your exercises. Then when they think you're ready, you're going to war. I want you to know you are ready. One of them, Peter. I'm one of them. You're ready and trained. Come on, church. We're not a bunch of weak, deep people. And we're farther along than we were last year. We're farther along. Way farther along. Way farther along. Why? Why can you cast them out? Marco, why? You've been trained to. You've been trained by the word of God. Oh, around the breakfast table and, and a little one gets sick. You don't have to call. You can call for the elders. The Bible says you can do that. But you can pray right there at the table. You can find that devil right there at the table. Trained. Trained. Turn to Second Corinthians, please. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Cast him out, one of them. And I want to put the devil on a run this morning. Man, he gave me a tough time this last three days. I got everything going through my mind and I could barely even put my thoughts together yesterday. I'm laying down and I'm trying to bend over and you rotten devil. Joanne coming in. How are you doing, honey? Perfect. Perfect. Cast him out. Amen. Cast him out. I'm trained. How many of, how many, let me just, let, let's, let's do an object lesson. Let's do an object lesson. How many have graduated from high school? No, you stick way out, way up high. Okay. Okay, you have. Matthew, have you graduated from it? I'm not going to give you a grade five question. Because we mostly fail grade five questions. I'll give you an easy question. What's two plus two? Very good. <laughs> he said it was such determination. <laughs> Why? So then somebody who, who's in pre-calculus in grade 12? Anybody in calculus here? I, I can see. Oh, nobody's sticking up. One, one hand. Now, okay. You know cosine, sine, tangent, so forth, and all that sort of, sort of stuff? Does anybody here that doesn't know, not know what cosine, sine, cosine is? <laughs> Very honest people. Very honest. But he knows because he's been trained. We don't because we forget our training. But you can't ask somebody to do something if they haven't been trained in it. Okay? So who's been here in the church for over a year? Under a year? 
Anybody here been for 10 years? I'm, I'm setting you up for something, you know. Yeah, Derek, you know that too, don't you? Anybody been here for 20 years? More than 20? 30? Got a few 30s? Got a few 40s? Yeah. Surely we're trained by now. Boot camp, how long is anybody, what is, what is the period of time for boot camp? I should have looked it up, I'm sorry. Derek, what is it? Eight to 12 weeks and you're ready for war. Eight to 12 weeks. Huh? And you're ready to die for your country. Eight to 12 weeks. And you're ready to pick up a rifle and die for your country. And you've been here for years. And the devil's been running you over. I say you've been well trained. Amen. Amen. Whatever in your heart, Jonathan, we're going to climb over that cliff. Though it be slippery, though it be thorny, we're going to run those 600 Philistines out of here. And nobody has to tell me to do it. He did it on his own inspiration. So now we're back to 2 Corinthians. You thought I forgot. Chapter 10, verse 4. Buddy, reading it there? Second Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not... But they're... What? Can you say that word again? Hmm... The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through who? To the pulling down of? Casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You cannot beat cancer. Cast it out. That is contrary to the word of God. Okay. Are you still with me now? All right. Casting down every imagination or every reasoning. You know what the problem is with the educated people? They're a bunch of reasoners. Come on. Stay with me. People that are highly educated have more problems reasoning. I can say that for it because I know. Not that I am smart or anything, but I've dealt with it. I've dealt with people that know too much. They look at monitors too much and forget to look at this. So then you're to cast down all reasoning. The monitor said, I don't care about those stupid monitor. I care what the word of God says. I've got this problem. Well, just go ahead and speak it. And you'll have that problem. I had a doctor. I I know I'm past 40, you know. Surprise? (laughs) My 40th birthday, I went down to the doctors to get my own, my personal birthday present. And that was a physical. And I've never had a physical in my life. I figured, hey, why not at 40? Find out how, how, you know, how things are working. So I go down there. Dr. Forrester was our doctor at the time. And, and he says, yes, Thomas, what would you like? 
I said, well, Dr. Forster, I'm, I'm actually here to have a physical. Did I ask you to have one? I said, no, I'm asking for one. Oh, why would you want one? Well, I'm 40. He says, do you have any pains? I said, no. Are you hurting anywhere? I said, no. Is anything you feel wrong? I said, no. He says, so now why do you want a physical? I'll give you a physical and I'll find something. (laughs) And then you will worry about it. Come on, stay with me. And you'll worry about it and it will become worse. So he says, why don't you just give yourself a birthday present and walk out the door? I said, Dr. Forrester, you're preaching to me. I'm supposed to be preaching to you. But that's the truth. It's the truth. We just know so much. Amen. So now we're to cast down all imagination, all the reasoning, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. One of them. I'm one of them. I'll bring it all into the obedience to Christ. What the word says. I'm one of them. Here's another translation for you. If you don't mind following along. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful. Come on. Come on. Church. You've been trained. This is training period. Come on. The weapon you have is divinely powerful. God said it. I believe it. Amen. Amen. And so now saints, listen. So now we come to the house of God. We have needs within our bodies. We got needs within our homes. We got needs everywhere. We're indeed people. Then why don't we just say, I believe the word. I believe the word of God. Amen. It is divinely powerful. So it wasn't given of man, Richard. Sorry. It wasn't an, an Enfield issue 303, British Winfield or whatever they called it. Open sights and the whole meal deal. It's not a weapon, a carnal weapon. It's divinely powerful weapon. Brother Bram said, if the devil can get you not to believe in your weapon, he's got you. I, well, I don't know if this rifle shoots. I, I, I really don't know if it shoots. Well, of course it shoots. I don't know if the word works. Of course the word works. Trust in your weapon. If you want to write it down, the translation it is divinely powerful. Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So there's a reason why it's divinely powerful. It's to put those fortresses you've mentally built around your own thinking. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Come on. Divinely powerful to break down any fortress. We're breaking down a lot of castles this morning. A lot of fortresses. 
casting down imaginations. Let's, let's, let's see what the Greek says here. It says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments. Simple word, isn't it, Brother Roy? But if you look a little deeper into the word, it's given us the fulfillment. We, we knew that anyway because we've already seen it work. These people come with their, with their sophisticated arguments. Where is that in the Bible? By faith. By faith. Not by sophisticated reasoning. Because if he had sophisticated reasoning, Noah's boat wouldn't float. It's unreasonable. But it wasn't by reason, it was by faith. Divinely powerful. This message is divinely powerful. Sephora, we were talking about you yesterday. Thinking about you and your family. We were driving out your area. And I just said, we claim that family. We want God to move in that family. We claim it. It's divinely powerful. Who likes to see Satan walk all over you? Would you please put up your hand? Somebody who loves the devil walking all over you. Who likes that? Nobody. But we love to see us walk over the devil. Divinely powerful word. Casting down all imaginations. Reasoning that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Brother Peter, that's why I love your testimony. First call, prayer. Why? It's divinely powerful. Brother Bram said it, sister. She laid there. Atomic bomb. Amen. It's your atomic bomb. Divinely powerful when a prophet says it's an atomic bomb. See how the word and the message all match? We are destroying sophisticated arguments. Was there a cloud or wasn't there a cloud? My prophet said there was a cloud. He was in the cloud. Seven angels were in that cloud. Redemption came in that cloud. The word opened in that cloud. They can have their sophisticated arguments all they want. All I know, by my believing it, look where I am today. And by their disbelieving it, where are they today? I'll take my stand. One of them. Come on, one of them, Isaac. One of them. I'm one of them. We're destroying sophisticated arguments. And that every exalted and proud thing. Proud thing. We don't believe in missionary work anymore. We're just, you know, being real good believers. That, and they call us a denomination for that. Listen, that's a sophisticated demon argument. Did not come from this message. Brother Bram said, every time you do missionary work, you're in the will of God. Is that sophisticated or is that faith? I'll take faith over their sophistication. And every proud thing. Oh, 
We can't, we can't say we're sorry. We just want to be one in the spirit. We're all one. No, you're not one. You go back where you left, make it right and go on. But what happens? They're too proud. People are too proud. We're just going to destroy the devil real good today. Amen. We're destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. No, oh, here's it. I was, I, I, I bolded it, but I didn't highlight it. But I'll say it anyways, because it goes on. Being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience Should be complete. You're ready. To correct what's wrong. And what does that take? Humility. Humility. To correct that which. Is wrong. Carnal reasoning. Well. You've heard of the Greek word. I've preached on it for over 30 years. Logimos. Logime. Reasoning. Reasoning which is definition by definition, hostile to faith. It doesn't make sense. Not logical. Well, since when is logical and faith sisters? So sorry. Reasoning, logimos, logic, does not walk together with faith. Two different paths. They'll walk in a thing of reason. Let's be reasonable. That's what they used to say to me. Tom, be reasonable. You're not the only people going in the rapture. My mom and dad used to say, there's other good people out there. I said, and my faith answer was, of course they're good people, mom, but they got to be born again. I didn't say they weren't good. A lot of good people go to hell. A lot of good people will go to hell. Because they, they counted on their goodness rather than the goodness of Christ who died for their sins, who redeemed them at Calvary, who washed them in their blood and released his life on them. One of them. One of them. One of them. Hallelujah. I'm one of them. All things are possible. All things are what? All things. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. All things are possible. He just says that once in Mark, twice in Mark, once in, in Matthew. All things are possible. With man, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Trained. Come on, trained. We're trained ready for battle. How many weeks? Six to eight weeks? Um, what? Eight to twelve weeks. Three months. 
trained. And you know what they're trained to do? Be obedient to their superiors. They'll drill that into you until you're sick of hearing it. They'll yell in your face. They'll tell you what to do, what to think, and how to act. You get 12 weeks of that? And you're still going to get a billet through you. Go to war, man. Standing there getting shot. But I'm so... I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Brother, I think it was Brother Tim. Somebody was talking about it in the old time way, or maybe it was over in Switzerland, about where they were shooting through the windows, the old time way. They're shooting through the windows, and the bullets were dropping off the sisters' dresses. One of them gave me that old time religion. Let's not get sophisticated now. Come on. We're being trained. Hallelujah. For the Lord knoweth the days of the upright. He knows his attributes. He knows his genes. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright. And their inheritance shall be forever. So this isn't just now. This is there all day. This is not just on Sunday morning. This is Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday This is forever. Hallelujah. (laughs) Trained. Are we trained? Are are we trained? I might as well ask the question. Might as well get a response. Are you really trained? Phil, say it out loud. I'm trained. Amen. Way past 12 weeks. Way past 12 weeks. They'll send you to war. God's got his armament on you, in you, around you to protect you. All right. (laughs) So now you're on a boat with Paul this morning. You're on a boat with Paul and and Paul's been told, I'm the Lord, he's going to Rome. Now tell me, is Paul going to go to Rome? Why? Why? Man, I must be, I got to get, you guys got to either get louder or I got to get closer to you. Tell me something. Why is Paul going to Rome? Is a storm going to stop him? Is anything going to stop him when the angel of the Lord says? Well, how about when the angel of the Lord told you, you're an invincible army. Come on, our train, train, train. One of them. Come on. No, it's not, not just sitting in the pew now, man. We're in, we're in battle. I just read to you, Brother Bram said, we're in a battle now. When I go out of these doors, I'm going to see you dressed in full array. Waiting to, waiting for the next battle. Counting it all joy. Because you know your God is mighty. The pulling down of strongholds. Divinely powerful. Are you with me? Listen. Listen you young men. This is not for the weak need. This is for real men. 
This is for real armor bearers who trust in leadership, who trust in Jonathan, who trust in this message. Where are you going? Over the top of the mountain. I'm coming too. One of them. (laughs) But there's 600, Jonathan. But God's with us. One of them. Okay, well, you got to do all the work, man. I'm just holding the armor. One of them. God's going to do your fighting for you. This is not your battle. This is the Lord's battle. Lord, you said, I'm polishing up the armor. Your word says, I'm polishing up the armor. Maybe, maybe I'm too hard or strong or something, but forgive me. I'm just being who I am. So you're in the boat with Paul. And they were supposed to stop and supposed to rest, but they wanted to continue on. So because of their disobedience, what happened? Storm comes. So there's no sun. There's no stars for many days. It's no small tempest. So that means it was a big tempest. All hope of being saved was taken away. After a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, hearken unto me. It sounds like I'm one of him. Sirs, hearken unto me. We are in a storm. Come on. You are in a storm. But there's nothing going to stop you from going to your throne. Nothing. Nothing. And so now... He stands in the midst of them, Roy. He says, you guys are in a heap of trouble. No. No, sir. You know what he said to them? Like I'm telling you this morning. Sister St. John, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Come on. At least I get a smile out of you. Come on. Okay. Be of good cheer. The angel of the Lord, whose servant I am said you will go to Rome there will not be a loss of life amen there will not be a loss of your children only believe one of them there won't be a loss of life there won't be a loss of life be of good cheer for I believe God And I believe God this morning. Just like Peter, you believe God. Lord, we believe you this morning. He said, don't you see that light over there? Don't you see it? If you could only believe, he's here to help you. Only thing that you do then is to listen to what Jesus would tell you. So that's what I'll do as a minister. I'll tell you that I'm talking to you. And he looks at a person and says, you're a very sick person. You've been to a doctor recently and he knows you're very sick. You have a kind of bowel trouble. I was trying to see what was wrote on the chart. 
<laughs> Do you believe this message? Can you imagine a prophet sitting there and then saying, I've been trying to see what was written on the chart. Brother Branham couldn't be there, but God could be there. God was there watching the doctor right on the chart. Oh my goodness, saints of God. I'm trying to see what, so who's speaking? God's speaking through his prophet. I'm trying to see what's written on the chart. It's a tumorous condition. Well, I want you to know I wasn't there, but the one that was standing right here was there. Hallelujah. And that same one that stood with that prophet is standing right here this morning. More real, he said, and who is this Melchizedek than television is today. He said, angels are here. Jesus is here. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Hallelujah. I was not there. He didn't even pretend to be there. He said, I couldn't be there. But the one that's standing right here, he was there. Now, do you believe if I ask him that you'll get well? You do? Then come here a moment. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, author of everlasting life, giver of every good gift. I pray, Father, to be merciful to our sister who is very sick. I pray for divine guidance for her and her decisions in the future. Almighty God, knowing that Satan has determined to put her in a premature grave, I ask you to heal her in Jesus' name. God bless you, sister. Go home happy. Be of good cheer, Leah. Go home happy. God's in control of all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible before me and the God who is present now knows I don't know you. I've never seen you. If you're up here for good, I pray you get it. If you're here to reveal or make known something that needs to help you, may may he help you. I'll call on him. He's God. We're just men. But you're up here now praying for a heart condition. Very bad heart condition. I tell you what the trouble is. Your valves of your heart are closing up. Come on. The valves of your heart are closing up. Is that right? You haven't got much time to live. And here's one main thing, lady. Do you believe me to be his prophet? One of them. I'm one of them. Do you believe me that you do, lady? The same Jesus that talked to the woman at the well and tell her of his troubles. That same one standing right here. What did we come to church for? To see one another or to see Jesus? We came to see Jesus, who is his word. 
Amen. Why? What's he doing, saints? He's training us. Ready for battle. Ready to fight. We're trained. And we're one of them. We're one of them. He's here right now. He says he's here right now. What's he here for? Ruin, what's he here for? To vindicate what was spoken. He's here for vindication. He has sent his angels to vindicate that I am his servant. Daniel, there is no other message. There is no other faith. There is nothing like this in the world today. I've looked at A.A. Allen, uh, Tommy Osborne, Tommy Hicks. I've looked at Oral Roberts. I've looked at them all on YouTube. If you want to do it, you do it. But never a man spake like this man. Never a man spake like this man. What was he trying to do? To get you to your position. To know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He stood in a world by himself. Waiting for a people to come into his world. And I want to say to you, I'm one of them. Amen. All true believers see him. Sorry, friends. No, and I'm not sorry for nothing. That's the way that it is. Only believers see him. Uh huh. People, Brother Bram said, make believe, go along for many years, fall away. That's true. But I'm here. I'm one of them. You're here. I'm one of them. All true believers see him. The promise word of this day. There's no other promise word. There's nobody that can come up. No young person. Nobody going to correct this message. And I'll say it right here, right now, because you're going to hear about it. There are people that are rising up right now trying to correct this message. No vindication. No angels. No Lord standing there telling him what to say. But they're going to correct him. Nonsense. Say what I say. Say what I say. Why? Because he's here to vindicate his word in you. Did you hear that? He's going to vindicate his word in who? One of them. He sent this message to vindicate this word in you. As much as he vindicated Malachi 4, he's going to vindicate you. You are not going to be Malachi 4. No, sir. But seed is not air at the shuck. One of my favorite quotes. Where Brother Branham said, I must be about my father's business. Though the message is young. He said, what is the father's business? To vindicate Malachi 4. He says, the grain or the wheat says... To vindicate Luke 17.30. John 14. We're vindicating it. We're living it. We're manifesting it. Amen. This is what we do. We're trained. 
trained. This whip need business. Oh, I can barely make it to church. You need a good spiritual spanking. I'm, I'm serious. I'm really serious. We can barely make, you know, little problems become mountains. Come on, people. We're trained. We're bride. We're the elected lady. We're mature. Oh, Jesus, help us. Oh, my. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've held you too long. It's been an hour and a half. Let me just say this to you in closing. And maybe we'll start on it next time. I've preached. I just used it. I've not preached on it, but now I would like to preach on it. I like to take out of Job 19 and 25, which we all could probably quote right off the top of our head, where I know, I know, my Redeemer liveth. It didn't matter what his critics said, his wife said, didn't matter what disaster came by, storm, trial, nothing. I know my Redeemer liveth. Brother Murphy preached the masterpiece on my avenger liveth. But if you take another look into the Hebrew, it also says it's my vindicator liveth. God is my vindicator. He will vindicate what I believe. He will vindicate what you believe. He's my vindicator, my ransomer, my deliverer. Hallelujah. That's who I know this morning. I know him in the power of his resurrection. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that this is divinely powerful. Brother Bram said, God will never testify or vindicate a lie. Never will. But he will always vindicate truth. Hello, truth. Oh, I know that's getting real. I didn't want to go too far down the road down on there. But hello, truth. Come on, truth. God vindicates truth. Speak truth. And God will vindicate truth. He's my vindicator. He's my redeemer. Amen. Musicians, please come. To vindicate something is to prove that's what's right. Prove what's right. Prove this message is right. Prove that the angel of the Lord was there. He said, that's why these tape recorders have been here for all these years. To record what's being spoken. So that people can go back and hear what was on that tape. He was not ashamed of what he said. Because he said every time it was perfect. Hallelujah. Casting down all high thought sophistication that reason themselves against it. Cast it down. God vindicates, thus saith the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Who's the armor bearer? One of them. <laughs> One of them. Amen. It's our Jonathan. It's our message. It's our Christ. It's our Jesus that's going before me.
I don't need the armor. He's got, he's my, he's my armor protection. He's the one that's watching over me every step of the way, every battle that we'll fight. He will be my conqueror. God before us. Can I ask you the question and in closing? Can I ask the question? You've read it how many times? You've been trained. You've been trained. How many times? If God before us. Come on, this, this is, you're well past the 12 week training period. You're way past 12 weeks. I believe my five star general. And I'll go into any campaign he leads me into. And I know I'm going to win that because he's won every battle. One of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say, let's stand one of them. I'm one of them. Hallelujah, one of them.